0: welcome in everybody to the grant and Brody show we are coming to you from Matty Lou Hall in Florence Alabama this will be our last episode we will ever tape in Maddie Lou Hall and uh, it's gonna be a very special one It's something we told you about in our old episodes and that was we're going to launch a new Bible study series Brody and I came up with the name of Because He Lives and we think of the song we think of just what that means and because he lives it just because Jesus died on the cross and rose again for our sins, we have so much to be thankful for and so much that we are given like eternity in heaven and all of that because Jesus lives. And that's why we are running with that title. And uh, today is the first installment of that. And Brody is going to lead us. He, he actually spoke at uh, the Hay-Level, uh Methodist Church with this uh, same, same outline uh, that he's going to be leading today. So in just a minute, we're going to turn it over to Brody. Uh, Jacob Davis is also along with us uh, to join us for this. But I'll open us up in a word of prayer, and then Brody will get started. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this today, God. We thank you for the many blessings that you have watched over us today, God. And thank you, Lord, for giving us this platform that you have given us, God. And we pray, God, that it is uh, used uh, to glorify you and everything that we do on this show, God. And we pray for Brody today. Give him uh the right words to say and give him peace as he says it God and uh to anybody out there that that may be struggling with what Brody is going to talk about, help them to uh to to fix that and uh if they don't know you have a relationship with you, help them to come to know you before it's too late. Jesus I'm praying. Amen. Brody.
1: Amen. Alright, so the way this is kinda of gonna work, like Grant said, this um this installment we've started is because he lives and it's pretty much exactly like Grant says, because he lives, that we can face tomorrow, that we have a hope. Um because of Jesus, we can, it's because of him, you know, everything that we do. And so that's going to work. I'm going to go through my lesson. Like Grant said, I did, um, use this outline at the Hillville Methodist Church. I spoke to a youth group there about a month ago, two months ago, something like that. And I'm also going to be using the same outline for, um, Pleasant Hill youth group this Sunday. So if you're part of either of those groups, you're going to hear this twice. So, um, but after that, we're all going to just kind of like a group discussion. Um, like you said, Jacob is here with us and we're going to just kind of discuss and talk about it. Well, um, the outline that I have is spiritual complacency, and I feel like um, the best way I can just start with this is just to, to give my testimony, and I feel like, feel because like, it's the main part of my testimony. So we'll start out, um, when I was a kid, I've I've, I've always grown up in church. Um, my mom brought me to church every Sunday, every Wednesday night, I was always in church, and when I was eight years old, I was saved, and I'm using air quotations, you can't see me, but I was saved and baptized, and I can tell you where I was, and I can tell you what I was doing. But I can't say the emotions that I felt, and it's kind of ironic, I was actually in the shower, so I guess it's kind of like an express baptism, (laughs) I'm not sure how that works, but, you know, I was in the shower, (laughs) anyways, um, and um, so, just growing up, I always, I went to D-Nows, I was always still, I stayed in church, I did those things, I did, I led, you know, devotions and Bible studies in my youth group, and um, went to Winter Extreme, Winter Jam, all these things, but I never truly had a close relationship with the Lord, And um, I make it all the way through high school doing that, and I just live with the appearance that I'm this, you know, not perfect, but I'm just a a good example of what a Christian should be. And so I get into college, and we're starting uh, fall camp for football, and I get involved with the BCM and Underwood Baptist Church, and all these things. And you know, at this point, I'm feeling like you know this is great. Like I'm where I am in in my life. I'm, you know, I'm. This is college. You know, college supposed to be fun. And I had all those hopes and dreams that it would be everything that I thought it would be. And I get there, and I would never just felt so empty and alone. I was around people constantly. Um, classes, I was busy, but I'd never felt so alone and empty. It didn't make any sense to me because I'd been doing all these things, and I was just empty. And I was like, how do I feel so empty and alone, yet I'm literally around someone constantly? Me, me, me and Grant live in this dorm room, six feet apart at all times, and how do I just feel so alone? And every single um monday night at the bcm through matt's lessons and wednesday night at underwood and sunday mornings i just i would sit there and i I would feel i would feel the conviction that god was placing in my heart and he was telling me you know you've never walked close with me and it's time and i I ignored those feelings for forever i would sit there literally every single service and i'd be like you know at the end i need to go there and just just talk i mean what's the worst that can happen i can talk but I, i was scared i was scared of um what my family would think, what uh, my friends would think. I mean, they've thought I was this, like I've said, like not perfect, but I was just this great example of what I was, you know, what a Christian is supposed to be. So I was nervous of what they would think. And I make it all the way through um, the fall semester. We're done with football and um, we get down to last service Wednesday night at Underwood. And, you know, of course it's last service. So they're, you know, not hounding us, but they're making it pretty evident, you know, if it's it's time to, you know, make a decision. So I sat there, and I sat there, and I, I didn't do it. And I left there that night not knowing where I would spend eternity if I died. And I go home for Christmas break, and I think it's the the 11th, December 11th. And I'm like, dang. You know, I went through the entire fall semester feeling this conviction, and now I'm here back in Haleville, and I didn't do anything about it. And I just felt so guilty. And I was just like, Lord, I... I just prayed to him. I don't remember what I prayed, but I was just so just so guilty and just felt so terrible that I you know, I didn't make that decision that he was calling for me. And I get an email from the bookstore here at UNA and it said that I didn't return a textbook. Because I completely forgot about it. I barely used that textbook for that class and I forgot about it and I was like, Okay, this is it. So I went back then I was gonna go back to Florence the next day and return it. it, gave me a reason to come to Florence. I text my pastor and I said, Hey, is it right to come see you? I did and I go see, return return the textbook, go see him and about an hour later I made the decision um, to rededicate my life and, and get baptized later in January when um, we came back for the semester. So it would be more of a, a public display. And so getting into that, um, I want to go into Proverbs. And it's Proverbs 1, verses 28 through 33. And it's, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the lord they would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies for the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil and so when i when i read this it just kind of says to me i mean like it says then they will call on me but i will not but i will not answer so um God's just saying that those who rebuke him I mean they're gonna, everybody will call him upon the Lord and um and they're not going to find him because they chose the world over him. He is then saying that you know those who did not seek him will pretty much just reap what they sow and that they sought out the world and that is not what they and that is what they will get out of it. So when you when you reaping what you sow, I mean what are you putting your your time into, your effort? I mean you kind of got to ask yourself that like because it's easy to get complacent when you're doing it and not realize that it's wrong. So, I mean, what are you putting your time and effort into? Are you putting more of your time and effort into school, which is important, but are you not spending enough time with the Lord? Are you putting your time and effort into partying? Are you putting your time and effort into a relationship? I mean, what are you putting your time and effort into that is not the Lord? Because if it's not, that's what you're going to get out of it in the end, when it comes down to the end. Um, And he's saying that turning away from God, I mean, is. It is being complacent and it's, it's foolish and it leads to destruction eventually it's gonna like like what happened to me it's gonna weigh down on you you can have the realization like you know this is this is not the way it's supposed to be and who knows when that time will come and it might be too late when you I mean when when it's time to make that decision but after all these things when it talks about um, all the things they will do um, that they did not choose the fear of the Lord that they despised every rebuke that they um they that they will eat the fruit of their own way, that they will be full of their own fancies. Uh, the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But, and there's always that but, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. I mean, I mean that just kind of says to me, I mean, just that, that repetitiveness. A lot of times it's repetitive in the Bible. And it just reminds me of all those things like over and over and over again we fail. I mean, like, all of us, we choose... To use our own knowledge, to to not fear the Lord, to rebuke Him all the time. Every like when we make a decision that isn't what He's calling us to do, that's us rebuking the Lord. And we, I mean, we're full of our own fancies. We get selfish, and we, I mean, and we're we're always fighting that complacency. But there's always that but. But whoever listens to Him will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. And just that repetitiveness of just us failing and failing and failing just is a reminder that. That God doesn't fail and that he's always there. So after all those things, but there's Jesus. Yeah. But because he lives. Yeah. And that's just... But God. Yeah, literally. But God. I mean, that just that just speaks volumes to me. All right. So we, we as Christians, we, ha- we have to make a decision. Will we seek the world and reap its destruction, or will we seek God and reap his everlasting love, grace, and mercy? Um, for the second part of scripture. We're going to go to Revelation 3 verse 15 and 16. Revelation 3:15 and 16 says, "I know your works that you were neither cold or hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you were lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you at my mouth." So, um, Jesus is speaking to the to the lukewarm church. It says in the Bible that, you know, at a certain point, all churches will become, you know, in, towards the end, all churches will become lukewarm. And he's saying, that I mean, God knows who we are. So, I mean, like, it's like that appearance that I was showing to, I mean, what my family thought I was, to what people at my school thought I was, to the community, what they thought I was. We can have that appearance. We can, we can fool them, in quotations, but you can't fool the Lord. I mean, God knows, um, he knows your heart. And um he knows whether we are cold, you know unbelieving, unworthy, not unworthy, unwilling to serve him, and he knows that we're hot, that we're um, living consistent consistently um, we are living a consistently faithful life um, and to me, I think it's I, I always say this I just think it's crazy to think that um, Jesus, God, our creator, would rather us be. Just turn our back away from him. Literally, turn away from him, then be lukewarm. And that's just crazy to me. That I mean, when you put in that perspective, like that makes me—I don't know—it makes me feel, just feel guilty. Like it makes me think about all the decisions I make daily that make me, you know, seem
2: like lukewarm. It's and, almost like he's saying, "Be who you are, and that's who you need to be." Don't try to, don't pretend you're one thing. But yeah. whatever you are, just be—be be that. Yeah. You know, be true yeah. to yourself.
1: Yeah. and because they are lukewarm he will vomit them out of his mouth and they will spend eternity in hell and just especially for me just like when put on these terms it's just so much easier to understand um the meaning of complacency and um and how god deems us you know like literally just turn your back on me before you before you're lukewarm and um i was actually listening to a sermon and um just today on a podcast and it was talking about this and it's how to know if you're a lukewarm Christian. He made a point. His name's Tyler Golden, He's a pastor up in like North Carolina. I think he's really good. I listen to him a lot. And being lukewarm, a, a lot of that is the like who where you surround yourself and who you surround yourself with. Think about scalding hot water. What's going to happen if you pour lukewarm water into that? What does it immediately do? It cools it down. Mm-hmm. So it's just so easy without even realizing it. You know, like, because you can be like, you know, I'm... You know, I'm not a lukewarm Christian all this stuff, but where do you put yourself around? Like, where where do you go hang out? Yeah, I might be at this party, they're all drinking, but I'm not. But subconsciously, I mean, that wears on you. And, like, unless you're discipling to those people and you're, you know, you're trying to not just change it, but just be an example to them, like, do you act differently in those situations? Like, it's just stuff to think about like that. Is just, that it's just so easy to be. Just kind of blind to the matter, and I, I just thought that was a great point that he made. Like, I mean, even the most scalding water, you know, immediately if you pour lukewarm water into it, it might be gradually, it might be slowly, or it could be fast, depending on how much water. But just it's gonna. I mean, it cools the temperature, and, that, and that's just a that's the best way that I that I think it could really be put. And it's just it's just hard to realize sometimes that we're in those situations when you know our 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 hot water, which is our you know our faith. When, it, when it's being cooled down, and some and you know sometimes it's it's you know it's cold before you even realize
2: it. I mean, think about like when you go to to like a camp or something, and you co- and you've been surrounded by believers for two three days, like a weekend, like going to Winter Extreme or something like that, and you come back and you're like, I'm gonna tell everybody on this earth about Jesus, mm-hmm. and then after about two weeks of being back in in the swing of your normal routine with going to school and that sort of thing, it's just you know you lose that spiritual fire that you had. That's just a prime example right there.
1: Yeah. That that is a great point. I mean, people say, like, you know, those camps, they always say, like, or, like, winter winter extreme stuff, like, they always tell you, like, on the last day, they're like, right now, you're on fire for Jesus. But what are you going to be three days when you get home? Mm -hmm. You're like, you might still be on fire for him then. You might still be on fire for him a week from now. But a month, are you still going to be the same level of on fire as you are now? Yeah. I mean, the answer is no. I mean, it's just, it's hard. Because, I mean, like, you can't always be... I mean, when it, like, it's not the same atmosphere like Wing Stream. You're not always around that. Like, in every every day you're going to experience people who don't believe that are negative in just those situations. But it's how you control yourself. And yet, yes, you're going to be in the situation sometimes and where you're put, like, you can't help it, like, school and work. But, like, to make a decision to go to a party, that's, that's different.
2: And I... I would say, you know, surrounding yourself, and it really does, it makes a lot more difference than you think, because, like, my first two years out of high school, when I, I like, at Northwest, we didn't have a BCM. We didn't have a, you know, a, a big church and that I was going to. I was just going to my regular church and everything that I go to at home. But I could just, I can tell the difference now that on, uh, like on Monday nights when I go on Monday nights to the BCM and Wednesday nights to Underwood, it's just you can just tell the difference when you're surrounding yourself with other people who who believe and who are are pushing you in that right direction. It makes such a difference as compared to if you're just doing the bare minimum.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think like too also having people that will hold you accountable to that as well because like we could say we we're all we could all say we're believers, but if we do nothing to grow our own selves and we're not getting anywhere with that as well so i think like having like people here at bcm and at underwood that 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 hold us accountable to 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 living like more of a spiritual life that that also helps in a sense too
2: yeah i use this example all the time like one of my best friends growing up you know we've gone to the same church my whole life um, if we were all, we've always been in the same Sunday school class. And if one of us ever missed for any reason, like if we were sick or if we were on vacation or something, we would always call each other like right before it started and or right after it ended. And we'd be like, "Hey, where were you at?" And then we'd be like, "Oh, I'm sick. I'm, you know, I'm out of town. I'm on vacation." Then it was, it was at the same. It was funny. It was a running joke. But at the same time, it made you think like, you know, I kind of wish I was in Sunday school today. mm-hmm yeah. And it's, it really just, it, it motivated you to be there the next week.
1: Yeah, and Grant hit on it right there, but I was going to talk about accountability. Accountability is a it's just a big part of it, like especially um, in college. Like I can just tell, not necessarily like accountability partners, but, you know, just like a group of people that you can trust with, I mean, with your secrets and what you're struggling with and people that, you know, are going through similar things as you. Like it's just, it's so much better when you have a group around you. It's like, I mean, why do it on your own when, you know, you can have a group to help you? Yeah. And that's a, I mean, that's just a, a, a big help with it. It's just having yeah. a group of people around you, whether it's the BCM or your church, you just, just... And and you'll be able to tell, like, which groups help you and benefit. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, especially if you if you truly have God in your heart, you I mean, you can be like, you know, I'm not supposed to be around this group. Or... You know, and like you can tell, like when I'm at the BCM, like I can tell, like here at the BCM, like this is a place where my faith is growing. Like I've never been there and just doubted. You know, I'm not supposed to be here. This is bad for my my spiritual life. Like it's never been like that, and it's just. But
2: I've got something that um, my preacher he actually talked about Sunday in his message, talking about making going to church a priority. And yeah. I think a lot of times today, so many people. Don't make it a priority. You know, like we try to um, we try to schedule church in around everything else. Instead, instead of scheduling of,
0: everything around church, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. I had this conversation with my parents a few weeks ago.
2: It's uh, it's very and there's and like my preacher. This is this is the example he used. He said, "You know, when I was 16 and I gave my life to Christ, I gave my life to Christ in church. And when I was 18 and I surrendered to the ministry, that happened in church. So if you want to see great things happen spiritually," You have to be in church, you know, you have to be there so that way the Lord can move in your life and move around you. And if he's if you're not there, then you're gonna miss out on that. And I can truly speak to that in my own life too, with um just I can tell that when I'm when I'm not going to church as much, I don't see the Lord moving my life and in, in others' life as much. Yeah. So um Moving on to the, to the final scripture here, Zephaniah 1, verse 12, and it
1: says, And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish the men who were settled in complacency, who say in their heart, The Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. And um, what that, what that means to me is just like, you know, you can't hide from the judgment of God. Um, I mean, even if God has to search Jerusalem with a lamp, I mean, let's I mean, like, we're Jerusalem, and like, God know, like I said earlier, God knows your heart. Like you cannot hide from the judgment of God. Um, and that's just how like meticulous and all knowing that our God is. And I mean, it, it it says, I mean, God will punish those who He finds com- with complacency in their hearts, and because they were they were not cold or hot.
2: Something that I think about that kind of relates to that is. Um in the New Testament, when Jesus is talking about the, the men who were given talents by their masters, you know, um, you have one who was given five talents, and then one who was given three talents, and then one who was given one talent, and uh, the servants with the five and the three talents, they went and multiplied it and brought back more, but the one who was given one talent just took his and buried it in the ground, and, and you know, kept it hid, and he brought it back, and his master was like, pretty much, what, you know, why why didn't you do anything with what I gave you? You basically just took what I gave you and just kept it for yourself, and and didn't do anything to grow it. And I think that in our lives is you know the same thing with spiritual complacency. It um, if God doesn't call us to be saved, and then that, that just end. You know He's we're called to grow and to uh, grow with others and share with others and and use what He's given us to to be fruitful with that. And if we're not, then but you know we've really not done any
0: good. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that, and like, kind of like how we were saying, like church is a good thing too, but but quiet time, just you spending your own time in the Word. And yes, I, I understand that. I'm speaking to myself when I say this too, but I mean it can be tough to get in the Word some mornings and, and or some days in general. But that I also feel like can can benefit you in your walk so you're not necessarily falling back into that complacency at the same at the same time
1: another thing that tyler talked about this morning on the podcast it was like i mean how do you how do you know and he talked about like i mean like you said like it, it is a struggle to get in the word sometimes like when you wake up at six o'clock that morning and you know like that's not the last thing but it's just like it's almost like it's a it's it, just get in the way sometimes that's not how it's supposed to be and you just kind of have to it's got to be something that you want to do. If if you're to the point where it's like I'm reading the Bible, I'm doing my quiet times, I'm going to church, I'm doing this just to check a box off, and you're like, oh, okay, I did it. Yeah, I, you know, I got it done. I mean, if that's your reasoning behind it, I mean, it's kind of like you need to check yourself, and, and that that's that's a good way to know if you have complacency in your heart. Is I mean, it's supposed to be. I mean, you're not going to want to do all the time, but it should be. You should find joy in doing those things. You should find you should have a passion. And a yearning to to grow with God and to do these things not for yourself and not just to check off a box uh, just to check off a box but to glorify Him, and just and knowing that it's getting done and you're doing it because 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 He lives.
2: You're right. Like there should be a desire to to want to know more about our God. I know. Like um, to me, the hardest part is just getting started. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once you get started, you know, usually for me. Uh, if i read if i can just make myself sit down and cut out some time to do it then i can i can find if i find myself you know 15 20 30 minutes of of reading and i'm like well i just oh i look up and you know 20 minutes has gone by and i i've been reading all kinds of stuff and i'm interested and now i'm looking up other stuff to to kind of reference it off of and all that sort of thing and when you know when i get sat down and i'm actually reading um, and I find some, you know, it piques my interest, and I'm and I get going, and I just so it's like I it's like I can't stop, and I just I'll be sitting there for 30 minutes, and I'll just before I know it, I've I've read three chapters of a book or three chapters of um, of something, you know, and it's just it's amazing how just once you if you can just find the time and just dedicate yourself to to doing it, how God will take that seed of your commitment and just use it to. To show you something new, or to reveal something to you, or give you an answer to a prayer or a question that you've had, and it's really cool just to if you'll just allow that door to be opened, and let God let God in and have the opportunity to work what He'll show you and what He can teach you.
0: And like I said, I like I'm saying this to myself at the same time, because like I, like how much time do we spend every day just sitting scrolling? through our phone or scrolling through whatever. Like I have sat here in this chair that I'm sitting in right now and have looked, saw a video on Instagram or video on Facebook, watched it, and then I find myself 30 minutes later about 20 different videos I've watched at that point in time. Like I always say, like, why am I chasing like so many rabbits with this? Like I just keep, like, it just keeps going. Like how many times could, instead of scrolling through our phone, could we find time to spend in the Word? And I th- I think that's the main thing is just finding the time. And when we do, it becomes routine. And then kind of like, like what you were saying, it ends up being good in the long run.
1: Yeah, and just that's kind of all I have for this. But just kind of to bring it to a close before we have just a little bit more of a discussion, just to end my part up. Um, I mean, just complacency fills us full of the world but leaves us feeling empty where it matters. And um, just to kind of tie it back into my testimony, when, when I went and met with Trey – Um, and we were discussing, I told him everything, I told him, you know, my testimony and everything. And he looked at me at the end of it and he said, well, Brody, I mean, I can't tell you if you were saved when you're eight years old, but I can tell you that you can be saved now, you know? And, and that's, that's, I don't even know how to word it, but it's just, you get, you can never go too far. You know, you can never stray so far away from God that it's just, it's just too late. And, um, for those of you're listening, I'll be going through this and have those same doubts. You know, I can't... You know, nobody can tell you, except for yourself, I mean, if you were saved when you were young or not. But if you have those doubts, there's no better time than now. You know, so don't wait. Don't do the things that I did. But um, I just got just a couple questions just to make you think, and you guys can answer this at the end. And um, I mean, will we reap the things of the world, or will we reap the things of God? And... Um, it's just a statement. I mean, it's, it's time to stop giving God the cold shoulder and face Him. And when God shines the lamp on us, will He see complacency or will He see our faithfulness? So those are just some some questions and statements just to kind of ponder, you know, ask yourself, you know, um, am I living in complacency? Because complacency isn't something that you go through once in your life. It's not just something that you're going to go through once in your life and um, and that's it. Complacency is something you have to battle constantly and it's always there and it's always, it's something you have to, you just have to continue to grow in your faith and, and battle it. And the best way to battle it is, you know, just prayer and studying and, and just growing in the Word of God. Because the moment you stop and you hesitate is a moment that complacency and the devil creeps back up on you. I mean, it's not something, like, like, like I said, it's not something that just you face one time in your life and you beat it and it's over. Complacency is always trying to catch up with you. And it's, it's like a race, and you just have to keep running the race and not living in complacency.
2: That's good. I think I saw something – I can't can't remember if it was on on the Phil Robertson podcast that they do. I think that's what it was on. Yes, but um, they said something like, you know, if you're either getting better or you're getting worse all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you're never just staying right in the same place you were. So if we're – by making the decision to not do anything and to not move forward, then you've made the decision to move back. And I think that that's something that we have to really look out for. By you know just just because we say, oh well, I'm not I'm not going out and I'm not doing these big sins, you know, I haven't robbed a bank or anything. That doesn't mean that you're that you're getting better. That doesn't mean that you're you're fine. You know, if you're not always striving to move forward, then eventually then you're going to be you might as well be moving backwards. That brings a good point. Like
1: you know you always hear like you can't compare yourself to other people. Like in like spiritual terms. Like you can't be like, well, I'm not out partying like they are. You know, I'm not I'm not drinking, I'm not smoking, I'm not living the way they are, you know, so I'm better than them. I go to church one more time a month than they do. And that's not I mean, that you can't live like that. Yeah. God doesn't judge you off of other people. He he judges you off of what he set in his word. And that's why the Bible is the basis for everything we do. I mean we can't use other people, other worldly things to base how good we are! I mean, what we've accomplished. I mean, it's it's literally, the, I mean, the most Bible answer possible. It's literally in the Bible, and everything you ever need is in the Bible. So, um, it's easy to just get to get caught up in the world. I mean, we live in the world; we are flesh, and it's just so easy to do that. And and complacency is just such a a common thing, especially in today's time. And it's just, um, I don't know how else to put it, other than just you know, it's just something you have to you have to battle constantly and um i think prayer and just going god is
2: just the only way to beat it you know something that i um i thought of you know right there at the end is um you were talking about how it's all in the bible and that's that's how we're judged and everything but we have to we have to know what god's word says about mm-hmm. certain things too because take like for example in genesis 3 when when satan is tempting uh, eve in the garden and his in verse 3 it starts out with uh you know the serpent came up to eve and his first, uh, his first words to, to Eve were, did God really say that, that you shouldn't eat of this tree? And so first he's questioning God what he said in the garden to Adam. And then he goes on and Eve responds to him and says, well, and Eve says, uh, God said not to, I think it was to, here let me just pull it up. While you're doing that, um, I was gonna read a quote
1: out of my daily devotional that I read last night, and uh, it's a quote from R. A. Torrey. and it says, "The one who neglects his Bible is bound to make a failure of the Christian life." And it's kind of like—I don't know how to put this into something to explain it, but just like it's like a textbook for a class. If you just go through the class and you don't read the textbook, you know, there's not a, a there's not a Google and a and a Socratic to getting into heaven. You know, yeah. the only way to pass the class is to read the textbook. I mean, you can cheat other ways, but you can't cheat your way in heaven. So, I mean, the Bible is our textbook. And um, if you're neglecting quiet time and reading your Bible, it's it's bound to make a failure of Christian life. So I, that that um, that quote last night just really spoke to me. And I was
2: like, just really put it into perspective. But you got to yeah. Too. Uh Yeah, what I was saying is kind of, you know, the um, Eve says... Um, but God said, you shall not eat the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. And if you look back in verse, in chapter 2, God never says not to touch the fruit. And obviously that just shows that Eve didn't know exactly where God stood on the issue. And I think that's so true for us in our life today. You know, we if we don't know where God stands on an issue or what His policy is regarding the sin, then how are we ever going to be able to to know what we need to do because if we're not aware of what god says about it then there's no way that we can follow god and do the right thing if we don't know what he says
0: so to wrap everything up and if you have any like questions or anything don't feel free to reach out to us email us at Show at gmail.com don't and forget the end don't forget the end and uh and if we don't have the answer to your question we'll get you an answer to your question but we'll, we'll, we'll ask some of the people we know we'll try to get you an answer to your question and if and this is kind of just how the Bible says it's going to go uh, I'm going to lead the, the next one I think we're going to do we say two more regular uh, mm-hmm. podcast episodes in between Yeah. so we'll do two regular shows in between here and then we'll do another Bible study and then I'll lead that one it'll kind of be like this and if you guys have any ideas of, of what y'all want us to talk about we want to go through a chapter whatever of the Bible let us know and when we'll start studying and we'll go through that but this is something that's really been called uh, upon mine and Brody's hearts uh, to to start this and, and we hope it it uh, turns out well and uh, so so with that we'll close and uh, Brody will lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father thank you for today
1: and the many blessings you provide us with God. I thank you for the opportunities that you give us. God, I pray that every single day that we make an effort to to live more for you. That that we listen to the calling that you are giving us, God. That we that we get in our quiet times, we pray to you. We ask you, we ask you for our guidance, Lord. I pray that um, we use those things to fight our complacency, God, and we don't get complacent. And I pray that that we that we live for you each and every single day. That we be the light for you, God. That that when, when, that when people see us on campus, at school, at work, that they see Christians, and it's not just a not just a, a foolish thing that they see us and they think that we're like that, but truly in our hearts, God, that we live for you, God. I pray that we we'll go and make more disciples for your kingdom, Father, in most precious holy name. Amen. Amen.
0: Hey, what's up? It's Grant Wakefield. And I'm Brody Graven. We hope you enjoyed this week's installment of our new Bible study. We love you. We're praying for you. And remember, we can all face tomorrow Because Because He Lives.